Boos. Welcome to Oni Boo Podcast. I'm your host, Shawana. I am super excited that you will be joining me each week as I take you guys on the journey of owning who you are. No shame, no guilt, and no regrets. This is who I am, and I'm owning it, boo. Be Tuesday. I hope everyone is having a great week so far. Today, you guys, I have a special guest. Her name is Rachel Williams, and she's the author of I Am. Welcome, Rachel. Hey, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Okay. Me and Rachel had like a really great conversation like two days ago, and we were talking, and I was like, you know what? This podcast is definitely needed. This episode about surviving and now thriving. Rachel, you wrote a book called I Am. And mm-hmm. I love that title, by the way. What made you write that book? You know, I never really had a goal to write a book. Like, that's not something that I was on my bucket list, bucket list or what I, what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was actually in therapy, just dealing with some really hard stuff and Um, My therapist actually suggested that I journal about it because I was having trouble vocalizing what was going on. And she suggested I um, just journal about it, which kind of sprouted into a book. And I was actually in therapy because I um, was adopted as a baby. And the adoptive father that I actually was raised with really struggled with a drug addiction. And so in my life, like he should have been. And so here I am kind of growing up as a child and I'm dealing with rejection issues associated with my dad not being there in the home. And then also on top of that, rejection and abandonment issues um, surrounding my uh, biological parents giving me up for adoption. And so Mm -hmm. I really struggled with a lot of rejection and abandonment issues all throughout my life growing up as a young adult, as a teenager. Um, And it affected my dating relationships. It affected my relationships with my friends, like the jobs I had, it literally affected so much of my life, just struggling with those daddy issues of rejection and abandonment. And so the book kind of came about um, from that because I realized that there were so many other women that were dealing with the same thing. And Mm -hmm. I wanted my story to, um, you know, impact someone's life and help them not have to deal with some of those same challenges and struggles that I did. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so true. I really feel like when we share our testimonies, our stories, like it opened up a platform um, to other women to let them know that they're not alone. You're not Mm -hmm. going through things alone and by yourself. And it's crazy because that's one of the thing, two things that I struggled with was rejection and abandonment. And from a young age, you know, adult, you know, teenage adult, and it took years for me to get those to get out of that actually to actually think outside the box of letting my past go and walking into this woman that God has created me to be and a lot of the rejection and abandonment that I felt it came from a a younger age I was 12 years old I was molested um, as a child and then when I did open up and tried to tell my story I no one really believed me and it mm-hmm. shut me down and actually kind of made me feel like it I didn't have a voice anymore you know and so I mm-hmm. wouldn't speak up I wouldn't say anything I was a people pleaser like I struggled with so many things because it's just like nothing I said matter Right. Right. And just like, where's the people that that's supposed to be in my corner? So it just felt like a very 
I was going down this phase of just feeling alone, abandoned, not loved. And it almost, it, it pushed me actually to the side of wanting to commit suicide at such a young age because I felt like it, it didn't matter if I was here or not. Right. Right. And I, I feel like no child should have to go through that. And it, it put me in a, a place of one and I didn't die. Obviously, thank God I'm still here. Um, I don't know what happened. I, I took a lot of pills and I still woke up like mm-hmm. it, it's crazy. And I don't know if I didn't take enough or not, but the mindset of me doing it was like, I don't care to be here anymore, yeah. but I'm still here. And when that didn't work, it was like, I got to get out of this, you know? So it was right. more, I'm going to talk to our older man with a car and a job and some money. Cause that's going to be my escape. You know what I'm saying? I kind of mm-hmm. feel like when you're young and you're dealing with trauma, you look for escape. Do you, what do you feel like your escape was? when you were younger you know I I definitely think it was men um and a sense of achievement on the same side so like I wanted to always be the best at everything and I was Mm -hmm. super competitive because I wasn't getting that attention from my dad and so my way of trying to get that attention is to just be really good at everything so Mm -hmm. he had to like love me he had to look at me he had to pay attention which I mean, you may have experienced this, but, you know, being always feeling like you have to compete and always feeling like you have to perform can be really exhausting. Um, And then also on the other side of that, um, I was looking to replace my dad with other men. Mm -hmm. And so when I got to the age where I started dating in high school, everybody that I was dating was like 10, 11, 12 years older than me because I actually, one, I was trying to be spiteful because the, the first <laughs> older guy, um, I went, well, the first guy that was way older than me, I went out and dated him because I knew that he was selling my dad drugs. Mm-hmm. And so I strategically was like, oh, he thinks I'm cute. Okay, well, you know, my dad is out here in the streets giving him our money that's supposed to, you know, be going to put food on our table. So mm-hmm. I'm about to go get this money back from him. <laughs> and I'm like, well, my dad's going to be forced to care now. And so I was just doing all these things that were spiteful. Um, And then also, you know, older guy is supposed to provide security and do all these Mm -hmm. other things. And that's what my dad was supposed to be doing. And he didn't. And so I was looking for men to fill those holes that my my dad had left in my life. And so that was really led me to toxic relationships because I continued to do that, you know, throughout college. Mm-hmm. And until I met my husband, I would say probably all of the relationships I was in were really toxic because they were older men. I was just looking to fill those holes that my dad had left um, and really led me down a path of not understanding what a healthy relationship was mm. supposed to look like. That's so true. It's crazy how we try to fill these voids with all the wrong things, mm-hmm. right? Like my void was um, I wanted to be I wanted to have that family, you know, that strong family that, and I looked at every dude that I dated as marriage material. Like this is going to be my husband. It's going to be my husband. I wanted it. I wanted that family so bad, especially with me having my son at 19. You know, I went through the trauma I did when I was younger and at 12, and then I ended up having a son at 19 and his, his dad was incarcerated. 
he was sentenced to 20 years. So at this point, I'm like, God, you're punishing me. You know, I was just very emotional. I was weak. I, I just, like I said, I didn't feel like I had a voice and I didn't understand why it was just one thing after another. I'm like, if I went through that as a child, why would you make me a single mother? You know, it was a lot Mm -hmm. of blame on God. And so me, I'm like, my son deserved better. You know, he deserved a father. And I would date guys and just feel like, yes, this is it. This is it. And y'all, I didn't even last in relationships back then for six months. Thank God <laughs> that my son <laughs> don't remember half of the people <laughs> that I dated. And he don't remember nobody at all. Thank God. Because... <laughs> His mom, I was such a young mom trying to figure it out. You know, I took care of my business. I was a great mom. I'm not going to discredit myself, but we all make mistakes. Things that I, the things that I wish I could change was that, you know, dating, trying to figure it out and having my son involved in it. Like, I didn't know. I just wanted a family for him. I wanted, I wanted him to see love because I didn't get that. You know, my Mm -hmm. parents divorced when I was young and it was like, you know, a, a separated household type of thing and I never saw that vision for me you know when I was young I saw me being married I saw me the picket white fence the career the the husband the 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 kids I saw that and so when I didn't get that I got the the molestation then I ended up being a single mom and it's like that's not what I asked for this is not what I wanted so I chased after things that I thought that was gonna fulfill me and I chased out the things that I thought that would help me with those boys. And I realized mm-hmm. they didn't because every relationship I got in, it wasn't enough for me. Mm. It was never enough. And I'm not going to act like the guys that I dated were bad. I had really great guys that I was dating. And some of them uh, wouldn't even speak on. But I had <laughs> some really great guys. I, You know, they were good to me. They were good to my son. And they still wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. And it's like, I only wanted them there for the void. You know what I'm saying? Of the feeling like, yeah, my son got uh, um, a man in his life that can be an example. Me, we got this family. And it was never enough. It wasn't. And it's like, you get to a point where you feel like, I'm tired of this. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I want different. And I felt like it took me a while. It took me a while for the thing to click for me. When did it click for you? Because I'll talk about me next. But I want to know, like, when did it click for you? Like, this lifestyle, the voice that I'm trying to feel, it ain't working. Like, the these yeah. emotions and everything, it's not working for me. Like, I want something different. When did it click for you? You know, it's interesting that you asked that question because, you know, when you're in it and you're going through the motions, and you're not healed from your trauma Mm. you can't really recognize why you're making the decisions that you're making yeah so when I'm dating all these guys and I'm you know dating the the wrong guys and they're older guys and I'm looking for somebody that's going to protect me and provide some sense of security like I was not able to recognize that I am doing this Mm. because my dad was not present in my life and my biological dad you know, gave me up as a child. So I have this void and I have these daddy issues. Like I wasn't able to recognize that until I stepped outside of that trauma and made the decision to heal. And I think for me, that breaking point was when I lost um, my biological mom. So when I was an adult, I found my biological parents and I ended up losing her about five years. 
her along with my biological brother. So I got to a place where I'm like, dang, I just met these people. I haven't had them my entire life. I just met them. And now like they die. And Mm. I, I think around the same time, I also like lost uh, my job and it was weird because literally everything that I knew it was all it was just suddenly gone and so when you get to that place like when you're in a breaking point and you feel like you're at rock bottom you have two options you can either stay there and wallow in that and just feel sorry for yourself or you can choose to rebuild Mm. and I made the decision to rebuild and in that process I had to go back and look at like who I was and who I wanted to be and what was the disconnect and so that was the point where I had to like really dig into like my life experiences and dig into the trauma that I experienced and question why I did the things that I did and why you know certain things happened in my life and that's when I was like okay I want better for myself I can't continue to make these same decisions because you know my dad wasn't there for me x amount of years like I couldn't keep letting his decisions impact my life for the rest Mm -hmm. of my life because I think if I would have done that, I would have just been stuck in the same cycle that I saw my parents go through. I saw their parents go through. I saw my cousins go through. And I think that's why the journey was so hard for me. Because if you think about it, when you're the first person um, out of your family that chooses to step outside of, you know, what you've seen your entire life, it's harder for you because you don't have a roadmap for what it's supposed to look like. You're creating a life separate from what you've seen you are breaking generational curses Mm -hmm. and it's a lot harder for you because you don't you haven't had anybody to show you the way but I still knew that I didn't want to live that life that I see my parents live and their parents Mm -hmm. live and my aunts and my uncles live like I knew I wanted more for myself yeah and it's crazy because when you get to that point of the breaking generational curses and it doesn't look like everybody else in your family you look different. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You stand out and people don't understand that. Like, and so it's kind of hard. Like, well, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to think I'm better than anybody or this is just my journey that I'm on. So sometimes it's crazy because family can be the worst one sometimes. <laughs> and it's just like, girl, you, you blah, blah, blah. You ain't nothing wrong with you. And you be like, no, this, this, this is not normal. Like I do yeah. want something different. And like, um, just want to piggyback on what you say. You can no longer use the excuse of your dad I feel like that's so important because when things happen to us a lot of times we use it over and over again as an excuse on why we're being a certain way I was molested that is my story I you know don't hurt my feelings I was emotional I'm this and this and this like you cannot use that you cannot continue to use the things that you went through as a reason why you're acting like this at some point you had to disconnect from it at some Mm -hmm. point you have to say this is no longer me it happened to me and I I went through this but this is no longer me this is not who I am and I know I'm not I'm not about to use those things as a reason why I'm disconnecting from all of it and I'm about to walk into this new journey Mm -hmm. um for me I think it took me to have to have my second daughter I had my second daughter and I was in a relationship with her father and everything so I really thought this was like a good start you know he was a great man for my son and everything but I, it still wasn't enough. I still wasn't completely happy and settled 
in that relationship. And I have never cried and prayed to God so hard while I was in a relationship like I did when I was in that one. And and the reason why it took a lot because he wasn't cheating on me. You know, he wasn't, it it wasn't an easy way to just be like, I don't know if I want this anymore. Mm. And so I literally had to pray. I'm like, God, show me something. If this is what you, you know, this is where you want me, I'll fight. Because I kind of felt like I've always been the person that like walk away easily, you know, with because mm-hmm. of my trauma, I refuse to be hurt, right? Mistreated or anything. Like I didn't take nothing. Like I said earlier, my relationships barely lasted six months because if I think you finna do some shady or you yeah. about to hurt me, I'm walking away from it because yeah. I'm not going to allow you to do that to me. And so I didn't have any of that in this relationship. I just wanted something different. My heart was being torn. You know, it just felt Mm -hmm. like this is not it. And I remember just praying. And next guy was like, give me a sign. I was like, we're going to go out of town, get away. Let's see if it's something different. And I came back and I'm just like, yep, I got to go. I got to go. I need to get on this journey of healing. Because that relationship started with a broken woman hmm. from begin with. I was not yeah. a healed woman. I was still broken. And I had two children being broken. I tried to make a relationship broke. I mean, work, and I was broken. I was a mess. I wasn't myself. And you can't see that on the outside. You know, on the outside, you're you're smiling, you're happy, you're fun, you're loving to be around. But I was tore up on the inside. I was in, internally, I was jacked up, like literally jacked mm-hmm. up on the inside. And I remember when I told like two of my friends about it, I was like, you know what? Um, it's going to be the hardest decision that I probably would have to make because I'm breaking up a family, you know? I, I hope my daughter is not, you know, she won't be upset. My daughter was only, she's just about to turn two. And I remember they said, did he, did he cheat? I'm like, no. Is he going out a lot? He ain't coming home? I'm like, no. <laughs> and it's like, you trying to leave? I'm like, it's deeper than that. Like, that's not the only reason, like, someone can leave. I was like, no, he didn't do these things. And then like, girl, you crazy. You know, why would you leave? And I'm like, no, mm-mm. No, no, no. I needed to, I needed to find me. I was so lost. Mm -hmm. And when I detached from that situation, I really, really dived deep into healing. Like I'm going to just go in on all these issues I have. And y'all, it took years. I ain't gonna lie. It took about four years because I was single. Like I didn't date for four years. You know, I I literally separated myself. And for two and a half of those years, I didn't even talk on the phone to no dudes or anything. I was like, solid, can't do Mm. it. I made a commitment. I said I was going to go to church for six months. I grew up in church, but then, you know, you get older, you just stop going and you go back. And I I made a commitment. The guy was like, you know what? I'm going to go to church for six months every Sunday with no excuses because I used to make excuses. I'm tired. I went to sleep late. Like, I don't feel like it. And so I was like, no excuses, six months. And I just started diving, you know, into my word. I started reading and praying and, and I literally started looking at myself, you know, in the mirror and I'm looking deep within myself. And I remember I asked God one, one time when I was looking in the mirror, like, what do you see? Like, what do you see in me? Because despite 
everything I've been through, things that I put on myself, the mistakes I've made, the sins, everything I committed, God was still blessing me mm. in major ways, in major ways. He was still taking care of me. And then it's probably blessings that I actually missed. You know, mm -hmm. like I ain't even pay attention to. And yeah. and I think about how he covered. Think about how he covered us when we was making our foolish decisions, yep. dating these drug dealers yep. and these men in the streets and all that. Think about how he covered us. You know what I'm saying? I think about how he covered my body. I ain't never had anything. So I'm just thinking like, you know what, Lord? What do you see in me to just want to love on me so hard to want to still take care of me and provide for me and and give me the strength to take care of my children like how yeah and I felt like when I got to that point I wanted something different I didn't I was I protected my children you know from people like if I if I when I started dating they didn't meet my kids or anybody like I did it different I wanted mm -hmm. different and yeah that's when it that's when it clicked for me <laughs> honestly it's just I had to just wake I woke up and I'm like my heart is not at ease at what I'm doing you know what I'm saying mm, like when I'm yeah. feeling when I'm feeling it it just it ain't right like I I want it to be different not saying I'm just I'm still the same Shawana but I'm a different person mm -hmm. like my heart changed on the inside yeah I feel like you know what I'm saying like I'm not a lot of things that used to catch my attention, it doesn't anymore. A lot of mm -hmm. things that I felt like I needed, I don't need anymore. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's getting to that point of healing. What about you? Did yeah. you feel any of that? Yeah, I absolutely did. And I think it's interesting that you were talking about how, you know, God was still protecting you. Even when we out here living raggedy, like, yes. you know, doing stuff we not supposed to be doing, God, like, was just covering me and yes. my life. And it's like, if he's doing that much for me when I'm out here not even living right, not living mm -hmm. for him, not chasing him, imagine like all of the things like he has for us when we are, you know, chasing after him. We are in our word. We are living our lives right. We're mm -hmm. living our lives full of purpose the way he's called us to. Like our lives can be so much greater. Yes. There's so much more in store for us when we are in alignment with God's with what God's plan is for our life. And yeah. um, I really think that healing got me to that place because mm -hmm. before I was so hurt and I was always the kind of person my, like people now, when they read my story, like when they read my book, they'll always say like, I never knew you were going mm -hmm. through all that. And it's because I was good at performing and I was a happy person. So I wasn't walking around depressed just, yeah. <laughs> but I, still you would never know all of the things that I went through because mm -hmm. my face didn't show it I was still happy I was showing up I was doing good in school I was mm -hmm. you know performing well in my jobs all of these things and so people I hit it very well yeah. and um, I think that once I got past that place and I really dove deep and I really like forced myself to be like no Rachel you're doing these things because you're hurt and you need to be able to see past that um, because this is not the life that you want for yourself mm -hmm. when I got to that place that's when God really just unleashed all of these things and I've I believe that there's still more that he hasn't shown me but mm -hmm. when I was able to heal I was able to step outside of myself and hear and see the things that he had been calling me to and I yeah. think that's when I really started to walk into my purpose because 
Um, I actually was having an interesting conversation with my mentor a couple weeks ago, and I was talking to him about how I was speaking to um, this this event I was at. It was this conference for young girls. And I was like, oh, my God, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, why didn't you, you know, why didn't mm-hmm. you tell me to go this direction before? Like, why didn't you help me get there, you know, two years ago when you first started mentoring me? He was like, you weren't ready then. You weren't ready then. And he's so right because if God would have given me the things that he's giving me now, back then, two, three, four years ago, when I was still in my own mess mm-hmm. and still dealing with my own trauma, I wouldn't have handled it well. I wouldn't have been able to lead his people well the way, you know, he's called me to lead women out. I wouldn't have been able to do it because I was still in my own mess. I was still in my own problems and I couldn't see what he was trying to get me to see and trying to get me to do. And so mm-hmm. it's so important that we that that we heal from that. Whatever, you know, rejection we've experienced, abandonment issues, you know, if they're a lot of people have experienced sexual assault. Like that's a part of a lot of people's story. It's a part of your mm-hmm. story. It's a part of my story. It's a part of so many women's story that I've talked mm-hmm. to. Whatever it is that you've dealt with in your past, it's it happened. And I hate saying like it happened for a reason because I never want anything bad to happen to anyone. But yeah, but God allowed it to happen and he's able to use it everything mm-hmm. he doesn't waste anything my aunt was just telling me that today he doesn't waste anything everything that we've been through there's a reason for it and God is using it for the beautiful story that he has in store so for me yeah. it's I'm able to use that pain and turn it into purpose and help encourage other women to do the same thing your story is different everyone has a different story but God um, he doesn't waste anything and he has a reason for everything that he's done you are so right. It's crazy because <clears throat> I feel like when we get to the point of healing, our vision is a lot clearer. Mm-hmm. Yep. It seemed like before that, it's a little faded. It's like, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I can't really see it. I can't figure it out, but I still want this. But once you start walking down this lane of healing, girl, thing, it's like it opened up. The heavens open up. Like your vision <laughs> is so clear. Yes. It's like wow all right this is this is why I probably went through what I went through Mm -hmm. this is this is why I had to go through it and I remember a lady telling me um I went to a conference and it was about you know sexual assault and all that type of stuff and the lady said just know when it happened it broke God's heart too Mm. and I was like hmm she was like he didn't want that to happen to you it broke his heart too just know that and I'm just like she said so I don't want y'all to think like yeah it it happened for a reason and maybe it had to happen to get you to this place right now yeah but it broke God's heart to for that to happen to you that that happened to you Mm -hmm. and I was like hmm all right because when you go through it you'd be like why would you allow it you know what I'm saying why like why you know that that messing up it messes up a lot of young women childhood you mm-hmm. know what I'm and everybody take it differently every some people act out some people go into a shell you just it, it affects everyone so different and I just at the time I didn't understand like that's a child you know what I'm saying like we don't have any control as a child and but right. that's another point she made she said you can't blame yourself because when you a child, you had no choice. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, you do. And the choice shouldn't be just to sit in that. It wasn't your fault. Mm-hmm. 
it's nothing you could have done. That's that's their mind. That's what they did. But yeah. you're an adult now. You know what I'm saying? Like you have control over it, over mm-hmm. your body, over your mind and your emotions. So it's like you gotta let the child in you go. So this woman that you are right now can grow. Mm-hmm. So you can Absolutely. grow. And I know that we also was talking about um why why do you feel like black families suppress trauma? Because to me, it seems like if certain conversations are had within families, we probably could have skipped past a lot of the things <laughs> that we went through. But yeah. it's like everybody wanna cover it up. Nobody wanna say anything. Nobody wanna talk. Like why do you feel like that's it? Is it embarrassment? Is it shame? Like, yeah, that's that's tough. I think a lot of it is wrapped up in shame. Like growing up in the family I grew up in, like I absolutely adore my mom. I think my mother is one of the strongest women I know. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact that she's experienced some trauma in her own life that she suppressed because, you know, that's just what her family did. And, you know, when she's suppressing all this trauma, she's growing up as a mother with kids raising them dealing with the same hurt and pain that she's dealing with and that's being projected onto you know her Mm -hmm. children and so I don't have a good reason for why black families choose to suppress the trauma but I know it's been you know for generations that's just what we do and I think a lot of it is is wrapped up in shit yeah houses because I know you've probably heard it you know what happens here in our house stays in our household yeah and and that's what you grow up with but I think it's it's so important for us to to move outside of that because there is a beauty in healing and therapy and talking to people about things because you know there's such a stigma and I think that we're moving in the right direction we're making progress because I've seen therapy talked a lot more talked more yeah uh, recently than it has been in the past um and I'm a huge advocate for therapy so I think we're moving in the right direction but just like generationally Mm -hmm. therapy was frowned upon in black families that's like that's a white people thing we don't do therapy we just talk to God we pray and we figure it out and I believe in the power of prayer I'm in my prayer closet every single day but Mm -hmm. I also believe that God blessed people like therapists to be able to help us work through our problems Mm -hmm. because sometimes there's things like you can't just pray away because you don't know how to work through it you need to talk to somebody you need to talk to a professional you need to have somebody there that's able to help you through that Um, and so I'm a big advocate for therapy and I think that you should go to therapy even if you aren't dealing with something traumatic or even if you don't have some huge life event or problem or crisis that happens I just think it's it's healthy to just talk to somebody like we need to talk to people and it's completely normal and healthy and I I think we all should be in therapy at some point in time in our lives I agree I absolutely agree I didn't want to piggyback on um saying the whole what stays in our house you know what what goes in our house stays in our house Mm -hmm. I agree I see a lot of women and people in general coming out more, talking more, like with it with this generation. And I love it. I love mm-hmm. to see that we're breaking that cycle of hush, hush, don't say anything. You know what I'm saying? Type of thing. I'm I'm glad we're breaking that. Yeah. But I do want to mention like when I found when my mom opened up to me and told me her story, 
I understood her more. Mm-hmm. So I kind of felt like if we were to talk to our children, no matter like, of course, back then you grew up like, you know, shut up, don't say anything. And now you're older and now you're raising your kids. It's hard to get out of that mindset. And then it's hard to see your kids probably going through the same thing that you went through and you don't know how to handle it. Because when you went through it, your mom didn't know how to handle it. So it's like a generational thing that's going on. And but when I heard my mom tell me her story and talk about it I'm like I understand her more now like Mm -hmm. I get her and a lot of we it's a lot of kids walking around with unforgiveness when it comes to their parents they don't forgive them they're mad they're angry they they upset the way that they treated them and it's like a lot of them only did what they knew how yep that's it exactly you know that's what I'm saying? Exactly like they, it. that's, that's all that, that's, that's, that's how they knew how to love mm-hmm. was hard love. They didn't, they didn't never receive emotional kisses or anything. They yeah. didn't, they didn't get that. And we mad at them because they couldn't break it. Instead of you forgiving them and you moving forward with breaking it, we holding grudges. It's like, and so it's like a two-sided thing. Like, I feel like parents the things that the, the ones that did go through it talk to your kids mm-hmm. open up I feel like that's that's a healing right there that's just saying like you know what I didn't receive that and I didn't know how to give it to you and that's just it yeah I didn't know how to do it I didn't know what to do I didn't know how to handle it and I'm sorry but mm. we we a lot of times that's never said a kid never hear that Right. And so they holding the grudges. But if they do hear, be receiving on the receiving end, like, I forgive you. And that if that's all you knew how to do, then yeah, I can't be mad at you. Yeah. I can't be mad at you. You know what I'm saying? Before I even um, heard my mom's story, a lot of times I kind of feel like as a kid, you either would be like your parents and not intentionally. You can try your hardest not yeah. to be, but some of your parents are in you. So some yeah. of your ways will be like your parents and mm-hmm. things that you despise in your parents. So, or you will try your best to be different. Try your best to be a different parent. And when I had my son, I, I in my mind, I'm like, it would be totally different, right? But I started off doing some things that I thought I would never you know what I'm saying, do like the whole bringing different men around. Like, I didn't see that, that mm-hmm. being me, because that's something I did not like at all. But I had to turn that around. But when it comes to kissing my kids, spending time with them, making sure I'm at every single event, making sure they know that I love them, making sure they know that they can be open and talk to me. I wasn't raised with that, but yeah. I was determined to give my kids that. I was determined. And so, with, when it comes to Black families with the whole, you know, the, the suppressing the trauma, I think it's it's time to share. And mm-hmm. it ain't, it ain't got to be with everybody. You know, some people don't want to share with everybody. And that's okay. But get the people that you, around you that you probably hurt. Yeah. That don't yeah. understand. Like, let's start there. Because you got to think about it. Your generation is coming, grandkids, great-grandkids, all these. If we don't take care of it, we don't open our mouths and we talk about it, then we're going to re- keep repeating the same cycle until somebody just say, I'm determined to do something yeah. different. Yeah, you're absolutely you know right. 
I think you bring up a really good point about, you know, knowing your parents' story, because I think that's really what allowed me or helped me at least to forgive my dad, because Mm -hmm. I used to be so mad at my dad and I wouldn't admit it. I would say that, oh, I'm good. But then I noticed like every time I talked to him, I would get aggressive because I was Mm -hmm. still like, you know, subconsciously angry with him. And I think as I've gotten older, I've understood that my dad loves me so much. He loves his kids. He loves his family. But I have to go back and look at the life my dad had. And he didn't have his mom there. His mom was out in the streets on drugs, alcoholic. She had left, you know, abandoned him when he was six. So he lived with his dad, but his dad was always working and, you know, living his life. So he didn't have any parents. He didn't really have anybody to truly show him love. So he dealt with all this trauma and his way of dealing with that trauma was drugs. Mm -hmm. And so that's the only thing he knew how to do. And so I have to take my dad for what he is, understand where he came from, understand the things that he was dealing with. And not to say I'm making excuses for, you know, what he did. um, That's not making excuses. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's not because it was still wrong. But I just I think I'm able to love him a little bit differently Mm -hmm. now because I understand his story. Exactly. It's, It's definitely not making an excuse for them. But you will understand them. You will right. understand, like, if that's all you saw, that's all you know, you have to be in a good head place, space to say, I, I'm determined to have something different. And some people, it's so hard for them to get there. Like, me and you talked about, it took years for us to be like, I don't want this. Like, this this, yeah. this not the life. So think about them. Think about the people that they don't see a way out. You know what I'm saying? They Mm -hmm. don't see anything. All they see is what they know. That's it. So it's not making an excuse for your, forgiving your parents and them coming to you saying like, you know, I didn't have this. I didn't have that. That's not them trying to make an excuse. I feel like don't take it as a way that they're making an excuse, but you have to understand it's, it's hard for some people to get out of the routine if that's all they see. Right. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like if if I only see drug dealers around me and no you know nobody being a lawyer or a doctor or a school teacher or anything, you know, it's really gonna be hard for me to see that unless I'm just inspired yeah. by somebody on TV and I'm like, I wanna be like them. But if I go outside on my porch every day and that's all I see, if mm-hmm. my in my household everybody's selling drugs and that's all I see, I'm most likely, most likely might be doing the same thing right yep you're absolutely right without intentionally wanting to mm-hmm. nobody wake up and say i want to be a drug dealer like my parents i want to <laughs> do this like nobody do that but it's just some things we just end up we we grabs to it we go with the flow you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so I, I love black families i love when i see black family i love when i see black people win i love it i love it so you know forgive your parents you know, don't be so hard on them. It's a lot of things happened back then that we have no clue about. Mm-hmm. But parents, if you would just open up that conversation, my mom, I literally, like you said, I love my mom to death. My mom is me and my sister biggest rock. And she will admit she made so many mistakes. But no matter what mistakes my mom made, she worked hard to keep a roof over our head, yep. clothes on our body food on the table I mean shoes on our feet like we did not go without we may not always have what we wanted but my mom made sure we had what we needed and she yeah supportive and through thick and thin right now to this day mm-hmm. right now 
So sometimes, like, yeah, they didn't give you the love you want, but you weren't homeless. You know what I'm saying? Like, you had to. <laughs> and I wasn't right? hungry. Like, you have to stop giving to people, all right? It, it's time. We can't keep, you know, life is too short. We can't be holding on to this stuff. Right, right. right. So that brings us into the last thing. Like, what does thriving look like for you, Rachel? What does it look like, girl? <laughs> you know, I feel like I feel like you're thriving right now with this <laughs> I am book and everything. You're thriving. What does it look like? Thanks, Tell girl. us. Um, I really <laughs> I think that a lot of what thriving is is really just being able to move past that trauma. Like we've all experienced some type of trauma in our life, whether it was extreme like sexual assault or something. We've all done things and experienced things in our life. And I think thriving is just being able to move past that um and walk in the fullness of who you are. And I, you know, talk about that a lot in my book is just teaching people how to really use their life experiences to discover who they truly are and their real identity and just know that, like, regardless of what I've been through, I am a beautiful person. I'm strong. I'm courageous. I'm loved. All of these things that I am Um, and taking that because I feel like when you know who you truly are, you walk a different walk. Cause I know you were talking about earlier, you know, when you had to go on this journey to find who you are. And then when you did start like dating again, you did things completely different. And that's exactly what thriving looks like is just figuring out exactly who you are and who you're called to be and walking in that. Because now I walk a different life than what I did, you know, three years ago, the things that I care about are a lot different than what, what they were three years ago, because I know who I am and I know what I'm placed on this earth to do. And I'm excited every single day that I wake up, even if it's a bad day. And I know like I got a busy day ahead of me. I know that there's a greater purpose that God has called me to. And I'm walking in that every single day. Um, And I'm using my story to inspire other women and help them not make some of those mistakes I did or help pull them out of that hole that they thought they couldn't get out of or whatever that looks like. And that's really just thriving, just walking in the fullness of who you are every single day. Yes. Mine's, I would say... Thriving looks like to me owning it. Own all mm. of it, honey. Own it, boo. Own it. I, love I don't it. care what you went through, the shame, the guilt, whatever. You own all of it and you press forward. Mm-hmm. You use that and you thrive and you move forward. You are not allowing the things, your past, to define who you are. You are moving forward. You are walking in the new beginning. You are thriving. You're, you're taking all those mistakes and you use it in for a purpose. Mm-hmm. So I feel like thriving to me, it looks like that you're you're owning it. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me. Exactly. So <clears throat> Rachel, tell everyone how we can connect with you, how we can purchase your book, how to find you on social media. Let everyone know. Yes. So you can connect with me on social media. I love new friends. If you cannot tell, I talk. I love to talk. So <laughs> Um, I love me friends. <laughs> you can find me on social media. My Instagram is Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L, Williams underscore. Um, and then you can also connect with me on my website. It's rachelswilliams.com. Um, you can find my book there and just all kind of other resources that um, I have for you. So, yep, I'm on Instagram and you can connect with me on my website perfect y'all go purchase the book i am thank you so much rachel for coming on and being my special guest i really really enjoyed having you thank you it was so much fun
Goodbye, y'all. And always remember, on it, boo. That's it for this week's episode of Onibu Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Onibu and subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss our next episode.